day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well. All right, I saw a advertisement today, that, or actually a news release, I'm sorry, that said KFC is going to start serving impossible tenders, the fake meat that's made out of plants. I'm not sure how many vegans eat at KFC. I don't know that that's a big market. Maybe, maybe there's something there. I don't know. But I just don't think that vegans and vegetarians are a huge untapped market for KFC. Would love to see the sales figures for Burger King and their Impossible Whoppers. I've never spoken to anybody who's actually eaten one of those. I don't eat at Burger King very often. Their burgers used to be quite a bit better. They don't taste the same as they used to. I don't know what they're doing differently. It's probably just cheaper patties or something, but... Again, I don't know anybody personally that's had an Impossible Whopper. I'm sure there are people that have. They advertise the hell out of them. And I really don't care what you choose to eat. Um, If you want to be vegan, knock yourself out. If you want to be vegetarian, knock yourself out. I don't know really what the difference is between vegan and vegetarian. I just know if somebody's vegan and you call them vegetarian, they get their panties in a bunch. But actually, I hope more people become vegan in the future because that means that the steak that I'm ordering when I go out will be cheaper because of supply and demand. But I just think it's strange that the vegan community is embracing impossible meat the way that it is. I feel like most vegans are generally very opposed to GMOs. I know that when people say GMO, what they're imagining is something created in a lab, the Monsanto Corporation monkeying with things. But if you really stop and think about it, with the exception of hunters who are eating wild turkeys and deer and squirrel, rabbit, things like that, everything we eat every single day of our lives is genetically modified. I mean, even just like an ear of corn. That's not what corn looked like. Corn is a type of grass. It did not have this giant cob that the kernels grew on that you could then boil in water and eat. It was a grass. It had a seed pot at the top, and thousands and thousands and thousands of generations of humans selectively breeding plants of grass to get a larger seed pot at the end of it eventually created corn as we know it. Now, that's not what people think when they think GMOs, but that is we are modifying the genetics of that plant so that it will produce the type of product that we're looking for. I I mean, everything. Apples aren't the way they were. Bananas aren't the way they were 100,000 years ago. We have selectively bred everything that we grow as a crop to produce more yield, uh, bigger fruit, None of it is in its natural state. Everything that we eat is genetically modified, which again makes it strange that the vegans are so strongly against genetically modified food because impossible meat is only possible because of genetic modification. And in this situation, that is the the most Frankensteinish possibility that you can think of because this is part of the reason that impossible meat has the texture and sort of the juiciness of actual meat is because they have taken a strain of yeast. They have added a gene into that yeast so that it will produce something called legomoglobin. If I'm saying that right, I'm probably not. 
but it is something that is similar to hemoglobin. Um, it's not exactly the same thing. It is just a manufactured molecule that sort of simulates, the, again, the texture and the juiciness of actual meat. Um, I don't know why people are not aware that that has went through an incredible amount of processing to get to that. Uh, just put a potato on the table and a pork chop and stare at them for about 10 seconds. And I think that most people will be able to figure out that those two things are nothing alike, either in texture or cellular makeup. I mean, people think that this stuff is, you know, just plants ground up and that's the way it comes out of the meal. And that is not at all the way it, I mean, if you just, if you just ground up plants and threw it on a grill, it would taste like you're eating a piece of bark. But this legomoglobin is completely manufactured. It does not occur in nature. Um, a lot of the early attempts to make plant-based meat relied on soy. Uh, this is a workaround so that they don't have to use soy in the product. So you're, you're basically eating soy that is not from soybeans. And there was actually a question as to whether or not the FDA was going to approve legomoglobin to be used in this food product, because again, it's brand new. It's never been used in food products. Human beings have never consumed this molecule. Now, it's very similar to the hemoglobin again. It's probably not going to hurt anybody. But again, it's the, you know, the law of unintended consequences. You have made something completely new in a lab, and you've put it in food, and you're marketing it to people that aren't the brightest in the world if they're going to KFC to get something vegan. I'm sorry, if you want chicken tenders, just order the chicken tenders. It, I mean, not that anything that comes out of KFC is going to be good for you, but at least it's an actual animal. Again, genetically modified, because that is not what chickens look like in the wild. For my entire life, we have been trying to replace foods that we have decided are bad for us with some sort of new variant that we've cooked up in a lab. And, you know, this stuff gets thrown out there, and of course the FDA tests everything, it's not going to hurt you the first time you eat it. But the problem is, is they can't test what that stuff is going to do to you 20 years down the road. And we have really done a lot of stupid things in the name of health. I mean, I'm old enough, I can remember McDonald's touting the fact that they were getting rid of the beef tallow that they always cooked their french fries in and switching over to canola oil. Well, canola oil creates some strange byproducts when it's heated beyond a certain temperature. And what we have found out is that French fries that are cooked in this vegetable oil are actually much worse for your heart health than the beef tallow was. And the French fries don't taste anywhere near as good as they used to. So we have been punishing ourselves for 40 years so that we can be sicker as a as a group. I mean, I don't know how many McDonald's french fries I've eaten in my lifetime. It's a bunch, and I don't really like McDonald's food, and I've eaten a bunch of McDonald's french fries. I could have enjoyed them a heck of a lot more if they still used the beef tallow. It was probably cheaper than the vegetable oil, so the price would have been cheaper, they would have tasted better, and they would have been healthier for me. But, you know, let's not worry about any of that. Let's put billboards up everywhere saying we're switching to heart-healthy vegetable oil. And that's really just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, think of times in your lives that you've heard, oh, that's full of preservatives. That's not good for you. Well, you know, there was a time in the 50s and 60s where food preservatives was going to be the savior of mankind. 
It was going to make food more shelf-stable. We weren't going to have to deal with so much spoilage. There'd be less foodborne illness. There'd be more food to go around. We'd be able to feed the poor. And then these studies come out, finds out it just makes the food really unhealthy. And 30 years down the road, when you've been eating that crap all your life, you die of a heart attack at 57. And then at some point, everybody decided that butter had too much animal fat in it. We've got to get rid of the butter. So they came up with margarine, which is basically just vegetable oil that's been hydrogenated in such a way that it makes it solid at room temperature. It gives it very creamy, and they can flavor it to where it has something of a butter taste. Now, I do a lot of cooking. I use real butter whenever I can. Margarine is not really that close to butter as far as flavor goes. It's similar. You know, you can spread it on bread and it's okay. But if you use real butter on a biscuit, it is just, it's unbelievable how much better it tastes than the margarine. And of course, the margarine was supposed to save everybody from heart attacks. We weren't going to have be having people drop dead in their 40s. It was going to be this, this savior again. And what do we find out 15, 20 years after it's introduced? Uh, the animal fat in butter, your butter, your body handles that so much better than this stuff cooked up in a lab. The margarine is much, much more unhealthy for you than just actual butter. Uh, one of my favorite sayings I've heard from a, well, he's not a nutritionist, but he, but he's a fitness expert and he's dug into this. He, he always says the only bad thing about fat is it has the word fat in it. So if you do a lot of cooking like I do, do yourself a favor, get just some unsalted sweet cream butter and try cooking with that instead of canola oil or Brumlin Brown or, or any of this other stuff. You will be amazed at the flavor, and it's much healthier for you, too. Uh, Of course, a lot of people don't cook from scratch anymore. Everything we gets processed. All that processed stuff is loaded with corn syrup. Um, Even things that aren't sweet to the taste have a savory flavor. If you look on the package, there's either a ton of corn syrup on it, or there's about 50 different uh, quote-unquote trademarked names for things that if you really look into it, it's just a bunch of carbohydrates, which is sugar, basically. Your body, your liver treats carbohydrates or actually converts carbohydrates into sugars. Uh, It's the exact same thing as if you just ate a spoonful of actual sugar. And that's a big part of the reason that everybody is so fat now. Uh, The human body was not, has not evolved to consume a whole lot of carbohydrates and sugar. Uh, Usually, if you go back 10,000 years, the only time that humans would have something sweet is when fruiting plants were producing fruit at the end of the summer and into the early fall, or if they found a beehive and they managed to get some honeycomb out of it. Beyond that, we ate a little bit of plant material, and mostly what humans survived off of was animal fats, and that gives your body all the protein it needs. It gives it all the energy that it needs to keep warm in the in the winter. It gives you energy to hunt. Uh, fat is surprisingly good for your body, and your body does not convert fat into stored fat. That's not how that works. Most of the stored fat that people have comes from an overabundance of sugar in their system. Now, I'm not trying to sound like a nutritionist or a physician, but if you just look at it from a logical perspective, if, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years, we ate mainly animals, 
with a little bit of plant material and some fruit every once in a while thrown in. But now suddenly it's all carbohydrates. Everything you buy from the grocery store is loaded with corn syrup and sugar. Let's put two and two together. We're all 70 pounds heavier than we were 100 years ago. It's it's not a huge intuitive leap to get to that conclusion. And we just have such a weird reaction to marketing campaigns. There is a commercial for Stevia. It's a sugar substitute. And at one point that you know, she's listing off what it's made from, I don't remember the names of the plants, but she stops and she goes, plants? Well, I don't know where she thinks regular sugar comes from. Uh, if you buy a bag of sugar now to Walmart, uh, there's like a 95% chance that it either came from sugar cane or sugar beets. I don't know if you know what sugar cane and sugar beets have in common with stevia. Sugar cane and sugar beets are plants. Sugar is from plants, but this commercial makes a big deal out of saying that this stuff that's made from other plants is based on plants. And like I say, it's not just a throwaway line, and she pauses and very, with very heavy emphasis says, made from plants. Like that's supposed to make it good. Your liver is not going to know the difference between stevia and just regular cane sugar. Now maybe stevia, you know, they said for years aspartame caused cancer. Uh, there have been many studies that have found no links from aspartame and cancer. So that was just people freaking out over something new. I mean, we've discussed that before, how we as a species react to anything new. But most people wouldn't think beyond the fact that this commercial said that stevia is from plants. They're just going to do a little math in their head and they're going to come up with the Oh, it's, it's good for you. It's from a plant. Well, well sugar's always been from plants. You know, it's not something that came from outer space, and the guys down at DuPont didn't whip it up in a big Bunsen burner. It comes from plants. It always has. But again, unlike sugar, this impossible meat is absolutely 100% just derived from overprocessing plants um, this is not anything that's a natural substitute to meat. I mean, this stuff comes out of a factory, not a bakery. So, you know, if you want to eat the impossible meat, I really don't care. And knock yourself out. Um, if it makes you feel better about things, uh, if you think you're doing something healthy for you, I don't know that I would put a lot of money on that because... I've seen this stuff come and go, and it seems like all the things that are touted as being this huge improvement over the way things were always done, 10 years down the road, we find out that it was a mistake and we should have just stuck with the original stuff. You know, Again, eat what you want. I don't understand being a vegan. People certainly seem to like it. I personally am pretty much convinced that about 99% of the people that are vegan became vegan simply so that they could convince themselves they're superior to the rest of us. I don't care about stuff like that. You're welcome to think that I'm a horrible person and I will sit there and eat my pork chop and I will enjoy every single last bite. But don't believe the hype that this stuff is the next best thing since sliced bread because I feel pretty confident that in about 10 years we're going to find out that impossible meat is actually poison. That's just how these things always seem to go. 
All right, guys, before we get out of here, I've got to talk about the big news out of Pennsylvania, and that is Bill Cosby is now a free man. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court has overturned his conviction, and not only have they overturned his conviction, they have barred the prosecutor in that case from retrying him for that charge. So Bill Cosby is at home, and he's probably going to sue the municipality of Philadelphia and the state prosecutor's office. I have seen a lot of outrage over this fact. Bill Cosby absolutely did the things he was accused of because part of the reason he was convicted in the first place is because they had his testimony saying that he did give drugs to women that he was interested in sexually from a civil case from about 10 years ago. Now, oddly enough, his testimony in that civil case is actually why the conviction in the criminal charges were overturned. Apparently, the prosecutor in the case, it was from 2005, I believe, is when they started investigating these allegations, and the young lady brought a civil suit against Bill Cosby, but the prosecutor in that civil case got Bill Cosby to testify by promising him that he will not be charged criminally if he cooperates in the civil suit. A couple of years after that happened, uh, if you'll remember, he was actually, I don't know if it was acquittal or a hung jury, but there was actually two cases that Bill Cosby was charged in, and the first one he did not get convicted. So when the second trial came about, the prosecutor used his testimony in this 2005 civil suit as part of his evidence, and that is a big reason why that he was convicted the second time. He actually spent three years in prison. Now, a lot of people are saying, you know, he admitted to it, and that's all that should matter. That is not all that should matter in this case. Now, before I go any further, let me say I think Bill Cosby is a weirdo, and he has got some strange sexual preferences, and he absolutely earned some jail time, and he absolutely should be on a sex registry, even though he's probably going to be dead in the next couple of years. But here is the reason I agree with the Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturning his conviction. The Fifth Amendment to the Constitution says that you cannot be compelled to testify against yourself in court. The reason that that is in our Constitution is because under the English system, if you got arrested for something, they could simply put you in jail and tell you that until you confess to the crime that you're charged with, we're just going to let you sit there. And basically what it came down to is after sitting in prison for a couple of months or a year or so, people would get to the point where I just want this over with. I will confess to the crime, whether they were guilty or not. At that point, they just wanted it over with. So the founders, very wisely, whether you agree with it or not, it was a wise decision to put it in that you do not have to incriminate yourself when you are the defendant in a criminal case. And what this prosecutor did, Bill Cosby basically had immunity on his testimony from that civil case, but the prosecutor used it as part of its ev- his evidence. Actually, tapes of him being deposed for this civil suit. What the prosecutor did at that point was circumvent Bill Cosby's Fifth Amendment rights. 
You can agree with the Supreme Court's decision or you can disagree with it, but it was the right decision. Um, You have to understand that the founders designed our judicial system in such a way that while it is seeking justice for the accuser in a case, it protects the accused while that process is going on. Under the English system, with the king basically being the Supreme Court, you could be taken into custody. You didn't even have to be charged with anything. They could just lock you in a cell and forget about you. You may get to go before the before the judge two years down the road. You may never see the inside of a courtroom for the rest of your life. And the founding fathers were trying to prevent that type of system from being installed in the United States of America. Now, I've mentioned way back one of my first episodes, I mentioned that, you know, the problem with witch hunts is that they will find a witch. You know, it doesn't matter what's going on. They're going to find their witch and they're going to burn them at the stake. And when we convict people in the court of public opinion, that is not justice. You know, Bill Cosby's allegations came out at the height of the Me Too furor. And this prosecutor wanted to get a win in this case, um, more just for the optics of it than, you know, this was a lot of he said, she said, uh, except for what Bill Cosby had testified to in that civil suit. And no matter how you feel about Bill Cosby or how you feel about the Me Too movement or how you feel about sexual predators in general, you cannot circumvent the Constitution of the United States, to put them away because that's what the majority of the public would like to see happen. That is not justice, that's anarchy. And that type of anarchy and mob rule can very quickly lead you down the road of the aftermath of the French Revolution or the aftermath of the Bolshevik Revolution where you literally had heads rolling in the street. And we do not want to wind up there. All right, guys, thank you once again for sitting with me. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a like and subscribe. And as always, if you'd like to send a comment, you can do so at the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page or at freshfrozensouthener at gmail.com. Okay, boys and girls, have a good weekend. I hope you'll tune in for Monday's show. I've got a very interesting topic lined up. It's something that very few people are aware of from World War II, and it seems really out of place and out of character for the Third Reich and the Nazi Party, Uh, but I promise you, you're going to learn some very interesting facts if you tune in then. All right, guys, have a good night, and I will talk to you soon.